Welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And on the podcast today, I've got all three gentlemen. Guys, want to say hi? Yeah, this is Rob Spexter, Pastor of Discipleship. Kevin Kenora, Pastoral Assistant. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. All right. Uh, three men in this room, and so we are experts on this topic. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. It's never good when you, stop, when you frame it up like that. No. <laughs> All right. So Sunday, I pre- I am, we're in the series we're calling Origins, and I preached Genesis 2, where God, Genesis 1 is kind of God's, I, I called it God's Google Earth view of creation, mm-hmm. and then Genesis 2 is his neighborhood view, so he zooms down in on the garden and on the creation of Adam and Eve, and he shows us some unique um, distinctions that he makes between male and female and the way that he creates us and he creates us different. And um, we're, we learn right away that God calls woman when he creates her, or before he creates her, he, sa- he looks at Adam and he says, he needs a helper. Mm-hmm. It says it like this. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Mm. And then he, Adam looks at the, all the animals, and then it says, the man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So God creates Adam first and uh, gives him the mission and gives him the commandment, and then he looks at him and he says, it's not good that man should be alone. It's, mm-hmm. Adam's not good all alone. He needs a helper. Mm-hmm. And so this narrative tells us some things about God or man, and it tells us some things about woman. But one of the things that many women get hung up on is this idea of a helper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it can be perceived as being derogatory or less than, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just kind of joked that said, what do you mean? I'm just the help. Yeah. Well, Adam needed a helper. And for that, God created Eve for that specific purpose. Sure. And that word in the Hebrew is called, I can't say it cause I can't speak Hebrew, but it's as, as there, as there, easy er easer looks like it says easier, but it's as there. And it's translated either helper, assistant or support. Or the old translation is help meet, mm-hmm. help meet. Mm-hmm. But the fundamental, fundamental idea that scripture is trying to get across is that Adam was created first out of the dust of the ground. And out of that, he is the covenant head. And his, he was created out of the du- he was created first and out of the dust of the ground. So first he's the covenant head mm-hmm. out of the dust of the ground. His orientation is to be towards the earth or towards the mission that God gave him. God put him in the garden and said, work it and keep it, right? That's the mission he gave to Adam. Adam is the leader. He is the one who's responsible for everything that's going to happen in the garden. And God puts him in the garden and says, work it and keep it. And so man is the one who gets his marching orders first, right? He's given the mission and then he's given the commandment. And the commandment is you cannot eat it you can eat of any tree in the garden, mm-hmm. but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat it. If you do, you will surely die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then woman is created differently. That she's created specifically from the man, or he's created from dust. She's created from his rib. 
God says it's not good for man to be alone, knocks the man out, takes a rib from his side, and fashions it into a woman, which is a different word. It's a word that really has the connotation of God, like, custom designing, hmm. mm-hmm. taking something out of Adam, nice. like, like clay, and then forming it into a very specific shape. Hmm. First right? surgery. Yeah, and Eve is created then to fit uniquely with Adam. So yeah. God's looking at Adam, and he's making an opposite. He's making a, a polar opposite. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. making a sexual opposite, a complementary opposite. Sure. And that opposite is Adam's helper. So what can Adam not do on his own? He forms Eve for that purpose. Mm-hmm. That's what a helper does, right? A helper comes alongside someone else and helps them fulfill their purpose. Now, out of this, we see her orientation is to be towards him, mm-hmm. or you could say towards him in the home, she, where he is missionally focused in the sense of out there working and keeping. She's relationally focused towards him to support him, to be a helper to him, and to the home. Yeah. Now, this is where many women get offended. So you're saying I'm just the help. Well, first off, let's just clarify. I'm not saying anything. This isn't Justin's idea. I didn't come up with this. Uh, I'm just reading the Bible. God is the one who says it. And But let me just say right away, if that offends you, you, you better toughen up. Because if you keep reading the Bible, it gets a lot worse. <laughs> okay. I mean... But I think even getting tough, but I mean, when you look deeper into it, we, I mean, we've all been in mission community. This is for our church, right? You're always looking for like that gospel snag, right? What is it of, what's the why behind the frustration of you hearing helper, right? Was it not, was, did you have a rough story growing up? Did your, did your dad, what was, was, was he not there mm-hmm. to be able to see what that looks yeah. like? So there, there could be many reasons why yeah. you get triggered. That's the word yeah, yeah. we use. There's many reasons why you get triggered by that word. But why, when I kind of jokingly say you got to toughen up, I'm not joking. Actually, I do really believe that all of us need to toughen up when we read Scripture. Because if we read a word that we get triggered by and then we shut down, all of God's word is given to us for a blessing. It's good, mm-hmm. given to us for our good. And I'm not joking. He's going to say a whole lot, war, a whole lot more worse about all of us. Mm-hmm. You keep reading, and what, is, what does he say? He says that we are evil people. He calls us whores. Have rejected our first love, prostitutes, yeah. Yeah. enemies of God, slaves to sin, like to just name a few. All of those things are trigger words, right? Sure. So we've got to toughen up when we come to scripture because God's trying to show us, uh, he's trying to help us accurately see who we are, yeah. right? Because we are sinners who've rejected our first love, our covenant keeping God. And if you can't acknowledge that, you'll never know how much you need Jesus. Right. right, so you're really rejecting your good when you reject that. So, in in a loving way, I say, "Buck up, buck up, Buttercup." <laughs> it's worse than you thought, but guess what? It's also better than you've ever imagined, because even in our rebellion from Him, that God overcomes our rebellion, pursues us, gives us grace, and loves us into His kingdom. Mm-hmm. Right? God goes and marries the prostitute, and sanctifies her, calls her holy, gives her a new identity. And now we're his bride. Yeah, for right? sure. So we do need to toughen up. We don't need to close our ears when we hear words like that. And, and specifically, um, for ladies need to know when they, when they hear words like helper and submission 
and they have visceral reactions to them and say, ugh, many men have those same reactions when he's called the head and he's called the leader and he's called responsible. Many men go, I didn't sign up for that. I don't want this, right? But many times we envy one another. And I think that's one of the issues is women envy the role of man and men envy the role of women. Sure, yep. Right? And envy ruins our happiness and envy can ruin our our lives. Envy is a sin, right? Um, But let me clarify. And this is the question that we, I, I got an email after the sermon that just said, would you go deeper? You made one point and you just rushed on past it. Would you go deeper into it? And, and I just want everyone to know, see, this is people telling me that my sermons need to be longer. Oh, did, did oh, you no. Hear that? oh, oh, man. Did okay. you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> you didn't go into this. You needed to go into this deeper. So, you know what I mean? The series could be longer, not your sermons. There you go. All right. So what I said was many women get offended by this idea of being called the help or being called helper when they shouldn't at all because it's not a term of derision. It's not derogatory. It's not saying it. So if I want to speak nerd here and I've already I I said this in the sermon men and women ontologically essentially are both equal in dignity value Mm -hmm. and worth they're made they're both equal in the image of God okay but God created us with different functions with Mm -hmm. different purposes right and we are meant to receive those and accept those and live within them. Mm. We are not to rage against them or to get jealous of the other person. It just is. This is the way that God created us. Just as a woman is the only person, shocker, who can actually carry life in her body. Mm. Um, right? The man is the head and the wife is the one that's called to, to submit and the yeah. wife is the helper. Mm-hmm. This is this is not saying one is better than the other. But we hear it that way because we've believe the lies really because we believe the lies of feminism for so many decades that a woman can do anything a man can do just as good as he can do it. And a man can do anything a woman can do just as good as she can do it. And it's just, it's a lie. Yeah. Right. So to, to say that a woman is better at some things than a man isn't to say that she's ontologically better. Right. Let me say a really controversial statement. A woman is way better at being a woman than a man is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so unfortunately, that is controversial in our day. <laughs> yeah, it used to yeah. not be a controversial statement, but yeah, yeah you're absolutely sure. right. Well, here's why I say that. Because we like to say that men, we, we're giving out awards. Men are the best women in our country these days. Right. Wow. Women of the year. Who's getting it? Oh, oh men. Yeah. Wow. And that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. A man could never be woman of the year. He can't be a woman, period. And a woman can never be man of the year. Right. right. There's some, I joked on Sunday, if you're picking teams for football, right, and you got guys and girls, more than likely, who's going to be the last people picked? Chicks. The ladies. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Because their body sizes are smaller. Yeah. Their muscle sizes are smaller. Their bone density is smaller. They're not designed for that kind of, um, you know, aggressive physical labor. Now, can some women do it? Absolutely. Some women can do it. Yeah. But how many how many women do we see in the NFL? They're making a new league. 
<laughs> do we see any women in the NFL? No. no. Not one. Mm-hmm. Not one. Why? Because they can't do it. Yeah. Why do we have... No, they're not, they can't do it at that level. They're mm-hmm. not as good at it as men. Why, why do we have a separate WNBA? Yeah. They, they just can't compete. They could not compete. The women's soccer team got beat by a high school soccer team like a few years ago. The hmm. women's Olympic, Olympic women's soccer team got beat by a high school boys' soccer team. Hmm. Because when it comes to most athletic uh, con- uh, contests, men are designed in such a way that it is an un- they have unfair advantages when they're going against women. Now, there are some sports that more women are, mm-hmm. women are maybe just as good at, right? You think... Um, Curling. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even. I couldn't. But I'm just saying. And then, and then there's some things that women are, um, without a doubt, better at. Yeah. And here's what's interesting. Women don't want to be called helpers, but do you know, when given the free the choice free choice to choose any career that they want or any lifestyle that they want, by and large, women choose helping roles. It's like 90% of nurses mm-hmm. are women. Mm-hmm. The majority of teachers are women. The majority of caregivers are women. And then what, what you look at tradesmen, it's like 95% of, or no, 99% of roofers are men. Yeah. 95% of carpenters are men. 95% of miners, plumbers, all the way, you go all the way down to the trades mm-hmm. and it's, and is it, is that the patriarchy? No, that's not the patriarchy. Right, those are tough, difficult jobs that men are willing to do. Yeah. Right, well, and if you think about the other ones, the, what the women are willing to do, which are very relationally mm-hmm. oriented jobs, this is the way that they have been formed. When we talk about her being created out of the rib of Adam, and it's pointing towards him and being his help, it's it's a relational issue here. It's a, they're good at relationships. They are they are they they are better at seemingly to be able to catch catch kind of those cues, those relational cues. They have that, higher emotional intelligence. Yeah. 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 So, and one of the helper, assistant. If you're hiring assistant, majority of the time, that's a female, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Administrative assistants, Mm -hmm. all these different helper roles. So what sometimes people miss is that many women, under the the fear of patriarchy or feminism, and I'm going to go out in the career, I'm not, how dare you say I'm I'm my my husband's helper? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go be this man's helper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) right. You're a doctor's assistant. Yeah. You're a CEO's assistant. You're a teaching assistant. You're a principal's assistant. You become like you're rejecting headship in one area, but you're just accepting the head headship in another area. Yeah. Now you just have a boss or a CEO or whatever. You're most women are still going to be because this is how God made them. They made them to be helpers. They yeah. made them to be assistants, right? To come alongside relationally. So that when they're given the free choice to choose, that's what they naturally choose anyways and then obviously the one that you're made the one that you're built for first is your husband and and your children Mm -hmm. right help him in all all these so i think some of those uh key pieces that you you put like are i think obvious for a lot of people right some of the scenarios you put with football players you know careers all the things but what is it like um in the home the helper in the home well first that's not that's we can get there i might as well do it right now so it means to Come alongside your husband and say, honey, how can I help you fulfill the mission that God's called you to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When a man meets a woman, he's meant to wreck her plans. Mm. 
okay? She has plans for her life, and he's meant to come in with his own mission and say, this is what God's called me to do. That seems offensive, though. Wow. Well, okay, let it be. Let, 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 let <laughs> that me, seems offensive. Let me, say, let, me, let, me, let me clarify. He comes in, and he says, this is what, now let me show you. This is what God's called me to do. God's called me to go into the ministry. God's called me to be a carpenter. God's called me to start a business. God's called me to be a part of this church and bless it. And now she has the joy and the choice to go, nope, that's not for me. Mm. Or she goes, that sounds amazing. Mm. He says, I want to have six kids. I want to have eight kids. I want to have four. She's like, I want to have six kids. I want to have eight kids. I want to have, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. She's, he throws out the mission. She goes, that's, that sounds like something I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. I want to help you accomplish that mission. Let's raise that godly family. Let's put down roots in that city. Let's build that business. And then she is going to orient herself to her husband in such a way that where he's lacking, she's meant to help. Mm. So he's responsible for the whole thing. So they come to the conclusion they have, they're going to have a bunch of kids and they, they think homeschooling is the best. Yeah. Homeschooling is his responsibility. Mm. But he can delegate that to her if she's up for it, if, she can, if she's gifted in that way as mm-hmm. well and she, want, and she wants to do it. If she can't do that, he either needs to homeschool himself or pay for private school, mm-hmm. right? And that means he's going to make money, whatever. So the idea is he's got the mission and he's responsible for making the decisions, but he's going to be gifted in some ways. And more than likely, she's going to be gifted in complementary ways. Yeah. So maybe he's a budget and numbers guy, and then she's totally the relationship, relational person, right? Or maybe opposite. Maybe mm-hmm. he's more relational. She's budget and numbers guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's, she's going to do the budget and keep track of all that kind of thing. I don't know. That's where the responsibility lays on him. Yeah. But she is to be his helper. And, and what, so whatever, I think each man is going to need different help. Yep. Yeah. So what we're doing is is what God's calling her to do is call is calling her to her strengths. Mm. So a helper is someone who is strong in certain aspects in order to help the husband in this case, the head of the home to fulfill the the mission that God has given has given to him. So again, we're we're not talking about weaknesses here. We're talking about strengths here. We're talking about they both need to recognize where their strengths and weaknesses are, and then they fit each other out in terms of that coming together, that complementary coming together. And I I think of that, I think of the strength piece because as we, as you pointed this out on on Sunday, is that uh, God is called our helper. And no one is going to say in their right mind, if they understand the biblical understanding of who God is, that God is weak. Yeah. Or that somehow in God's weakness, he's going to come along and try and help us out because we're so much stronger than him. Actually, no, it is God who is the one who is obviously strong. And in that strength, he is helping us fulfill our mission <laughs> that he's given to us by becoming our helper for us. Um, yeah. So we see the Psalms. The Psalms, there's like, I think there's five times the Psalms, mm-hmm. refers to God as our helper. Or then we go to the New Testament in the Holy Spirit where Jesus says to his own disciples, um, I'm going to send another one, meaning me, God, um, uh, another one, the helper, a helper who's Mm going to come. And so that's the Holy Spirit. So we're not talking about weakness here. We're talking about strength. We're talking, yeah, using your strengths. So that that sounds good. And I I know you're talking about strengths, um, but I think like as you've been talking about numbers with even women, like in the workforce, you know, leading all these different areas. Um, so what you just described was a man that's driving an Audi. Everybody's trying to jump in his car, right? But what about somebody that is uh, maybe a passive male? And 
they're supposed to submit. They're supposed to follow. They're supposed to well, be the helper. And okay. I was thinking, I was thinking about something you just said earlier there, and that is that as you know, bef- before the, it is a responsibility of the man. I'm not going to get directly at your question, but I think it's the responsibility of the man to know what his mission is in life before he engages into a woman's life. That's in good. One sense. That's good. Because how can she sign on to something that she has doesn't know what she's signing on to? So. Right. Uh, we, we need to have young men who are really asking the good questions of what are what is God calling me to? You know, what are my strengths? What is mm-hmm. what is the kind of my natural inclinations toward? And start really developing that so that when that woman comes into his life and he's starting to date her and he's he already has an idea of what God's mission is for his life, his particular mm-hmm. mission for his life, so that she can either say yay or nay. You yeah. know, and so that's, starts and that's, there. And that doesn't have to be super particular. No, you could say. God's called me to be a leader. God's called me to be a man. God's called me to be a husband. God's yeah. called me to have a godly yeah. home. God's yeah. called me to be a part of a church. Yeah. God's called me to serve the church yeah. and make money. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I'm going to, and I, that's what I, I don't know how I'm going to make money right now. Yeah. I'm 18 years old. Yeah, right. But I know he's, so I'm going to pursue a career and do these different things, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But a woman should choose a man who's a leader yeah. and has ambition. <laughs> for sure. And for a man, if he doesn't have ambition and he's not a leader, he needs to repent. Yeah. And he needs to act like a man. Because he's not acting like a man, he's acting like a he's 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 being effeminate. And yeah. Paul s- straight up says, act like men, yeah. be strong, be courageous, mm. act like men. And he needs to do that. Mm. And he'd not act like a little boy. But I'm gonna jump on the other side and say, many women choose weak men. Yeah. Mm. Now Whoa, what? why would they do that? Uh, <laughs> you already know I got the questions. I'm no, coming with it. I was about it. to ask you, make you answer that question. Yeah. They, they choose a weak man because they want to control him. Yeah. yeah. Because Eve, when she's cursed, God says to her, your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. Mm. So, and so he's going to be your head, but here's the thing. You're going to want to be the head. Yeah. You're going to be want to be in control. And many women are driven by fear. And their answer to fear isn't faith in Christ. Their answer to fear is control. And so they try to control their husbands, and they try to control their kids, and they can try to control everything around them. Yeah, for sure. The Bible's answer to fear and to to all these things is called Mm. self-control. Self-control is, I'm trusting in God by faith, and I'm going to control my feelings. I'm going to control my emotions. Right. What fear causes people to do is try to control their external circumstances, people around them. And this is one of the reasons why our young people and, and the people, and I'm, I'm, this is a new study that just came out. Liberal girls are the most depressed and suicidal people in our society. Hmm. And the reason that is, is because li- the liberal ideology comes from a Marxist ide- ideology that says you're victims. And the world around you is the problem, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I have the identity of I'm a victim and the world around me is the problem, mm-hmm. how's that going to change my worldview and, and my feelings about myself? Well, you're going to be, oh, you're always going to identify everything as being oppressive or you're being the oppressed. And there's nothing you can do about that because I'm, I'm completely helpless. I'm being yeah. oppressed everywhere I look. Okay. Yeah. Where conservatism and Christianity says the world is broken out there. But I, I'm in control in here. Mm, I have yeah. control over myself, right? I have control over my... Uh, that's what self-control is. Yeah. That uh, even though I feel one way, I have the will to choose another way, yeah. right? So I could look at that and go, that guy's a jerk. Mm-hmm. 
where a victim would say, how dare he? I can't believe he said that. I'm just like, nope, that guy's a jerk. I'm here to do my thing. Yeah. That, uh, that guy doesn't have anything to do with me, right? So, so I, I think that has a, a lot to do with why um, women choose weak men and then they're unhappy. Yeah. Because Many then times. they want them to lead after a while, right? Now, so they're kinda, frustrated. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, I want you to lead, and basically I want you to do everything I want you to do, but as soon as he leads and he confronts her on being controlling or not walking in faith mm-hmm. or trying to take over the headship, she's going she's gonna to freak out. Mm-hmm. And she's going to rage. Yeah. And, and, that, and then it creates a really volatile relationship. Yeah. Because she picked him because she could control him. And now she's mad at him because she can control him. And she wants him to lead, except she doesn't want him to lead. Wow. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I've seen it so many times. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I can't even count how many marriages I've seen this dynamic in, mm-hmm. right? And the answer is, man, you're responsible. Mm-hmm. So you're called to lead no matter what she does. Mm. You're called to be the head no matter what she does. And it starts with you. You've got to buck up and submit your life to Christ and then be the leader. And, and I believe if you do that, the majority of the time she will follow. Yeah. She'll respect you when you, when you honor Christ yeah. and you, and you, and you grow that back. And if dudes don't know what that looks like, get around some got some godly men that can help walk that out with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So do we want to get into, maybe you want to do this later, but get into some, uh, and maybe we already have practical ways for women to say, okay, how should I be helping my husband? How do we kind of walk down that road in a marriage? Yeah, um, that's probably good. But before we do that, okay, I yep. want to hit a couple of scriptures. So okay. uh, Psalm 54, 4, mm-hmm. David said this, behold, God is my helper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Lord is the upholder of my life. Now, did David think that God was his servant? No, David knew that God wasn't a waiter. God wasn't his assistant, right? This isn't some kind of David is above God, but God is okay being David's helper, right? Yeah. And it's many times, and it's, it's interesting. So it's five times in the, New, in the Old Testament that he's called the helper, but it's like, oh, it's like 20 something times God's called just the help. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. So in uh, aware of that. Psalm 121, the Song of Ascents, it says, I lift up my eyes to the hill from where does my help come? come from, yeah. It's just the help, right? Yep. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you get to the New Testament, and Jesus says in John 14, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, another helper, mm-hmm. to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit, God's called the helper. The Holy Spirit's called the helper. So for a woman to be called the helper, it is not a term of derision. Now, what's interesting is that that same thing, when we talk about this, the same thing can be said of headship, covenant headship. So many women get bent out of shape when they hear the Bible say that husband is the head of the wife, right? Mm. Why? Why do you think that bothers us so much? Because it puts authority. I think it, it puts uh, a, a, a created order, right? It, it, there's an identity intrinsic to us when you say that. 
and you have to either live in line with that or be in rebellion against it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think our natural tendency is to want to push back against authority anyway. Mm -hmm. And so born into this world, we have authority. We're, we're, we're having to be taught how to obey. We're having to be disciplined to obey. So, so you kind of, you, you can imagine you, you know, as I think about it with women, they are, they're, they've, they've kind of learned that within the context of maybe within their own parents, but now they've, I'm an adult now. You know, nobody's going to be my head. I'm going to I'm going to call the shots for now on, and I can see that would be a hard thing for a mature woman, an adult woman, to hear. It's like, wait a minute! I thought I had been trained to be the kind of the captain of my own soul now. Yeah, I'm yeah. a strong, independent woman. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. I don't need no head. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I, I get it. We hear it as demeaning. Sure. Yeah. We've been trained specifically trained to reject this idea by our culture and to hear it through through a lens that says it's demeaning that says men it, it's it's i'm going to use the term patriarchal it's misogynistic it's saying men women can't think for themselves men are therefore superior to women and so they utterly reject it mm -hmm. right well that's not what the bible teaches okay the bible doesn't teach Man is smarter, so man is the head, right? That's right. not what the Bible teaches. Right. It says man was created first, and God says he's the head. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's it, right. because God made him the head. Mm -hmm. And woman, you're the helper, and you're, you're made from the man, and you're meant to be the helper. Mm -hmm. And that's not saying anything about your essence. That's not saying anything about your dignity, value, and worth. It's saying something about your purpose, Yeah. okay? The structure of how God made you. Now, I, wa I want to go to one scripture that kind of points this out. It says this in 1 Corinthians eleven three, mm. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. Yeah. Okay? So men have a head, right? And our head is Christ. Mm -hmm. That means Christ is our covenant head. Yeah. Right? We are to be in complete submission to him. Mm -hmm. So we don't get to do what we want. Right? Right, right? We don't get to just, we're not walking around and, and issuing orders and ruling our, our kingdoms like autocratic rulers. Mm -hmm. We are meant to be, we are under the authority of Christ. Right? Yeah. Now, is that demeaning to us as men? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all, right? This is what I'm for. When I submit to him and follow him and serve his mission, I am doing what I was created to do, mm -hmm. right? right? This is the life that sings, mm -hmm. like the arrow that shot from the bow, and that thing is doing what it was meant to do, and that thing, just, mm -hmm. that yeah. thing is just awesome in, in flight. This is the life well lived. Mm -hmm. yeah. As a man submits to Christ, I'm not losing freedom. This is maximum freedom here. As I walk away from my submission to Christ, mm -hmm. I'm actually walking into slavery. Right, yeah. Right? This is, again, the fish out of water, mm -hmm. right? So as a man is submitted to Christ, God's glory and his joy kiss. Yeah. God's glory and man's joy meet mm -hmm. in, in submission to Christ, mm -hmm. right. right? Jesus was the perfect man. Mm -hmm. so we submit ourselves to him, the God man. We become the best version of ourselves. Right. Everybody yeah. agrees with that? Yeah. All right. 
So I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, comma, the head of a wife is her husband. Hear it again. The husband is the covenant head. As the husband submits to Jesus and accepts the role of covenant head and leader, so the wife is to submit to her husband and accept the role of helper. As I said before, many men don't want to be a leader. We don't want to be responsible. We want to be accountable. But as I submit to Christ, Christ says, you're the man. Act like the man. Mm -hmm. Be the man. And as a woman submits to Christ, she has to submit to her husband as his helper. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, we could say, uh, we do see one difference here. Obviously, we're submitting to Jesus. Jesus is perfect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and she has to submit to us and our wife has to submit to us and we are sinful like her, right? But it's actually, and, and, and the New Testament does warn, tell wives, you need to submit courageously like Sarah did with Abraham, yeah. right? It does take courage. But I want you to see this. So it takes courage to submit to your husband as you would submit to Christ or submit to Christ and submit to your husband. It takes courage because he's a sinner and he's going to get it wrong. But you, by submitting to your husband, you, that is your submission to Christ. So even when you're, if you submit to your husband and he gets it wrong, it's still submission to Christ and, and beautiful in God's sight. Mm -hmm. It's still obedience on your, on your part. Mm -hmm. Now listen, many women don't see it from this perspective. It's scary for a man to have to lead another sinner, right? So he knows sometimes he's going to say, honey, we need to do, we need to homeschool our kids. And, and she will say, I disagree. I don't want to do that. I like my career. I like this. I like that. And his job in that moment is to submit to Christ and do the right thing. And in that moment, it means make his wife really mad at him. And he's got to be the bullet catcher. And men don't like to do that. We love our wives. Right. We know if it doesn't go well for her, it doesn't go well for us yeah, most right, of the time. Right. So it's scary to lead a sinful wife, and it's scary to submit to a sinful husband. Yeah. Both of those things are scary. Both mm. of those things are difficult. Mm. And this is why I think it's impossible outside of Christ. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. Because he has to be submitted to Christ. She has to be submitted to Christ. Right? Now, here is... Here's the kicker. I think is the kicker. Mm -hmm. I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. What? Yeah. Okay. Now, this is why we need these big words and these categories. That This is why I'm talking about ontology or essence. The head of Christ is God. We know that God is one person, or God is one essence. I'm sorry, I, mess, I misspoke. God is one essence, God, one God in three persons, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Ontologically, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. The Father is perfect, the Son is perfect, the Spirit is perfect. The Father is 100% God, the Son is 100% God, the Spirit is 100% God. Neither one of them is ontologically mm -hmm. superior than the other. Mm -hmm. But in role, in function, mm -hmm. they are distinct. Mm -hmm. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. The Spirit is not. They, they have different roles. The Son submits to the Father, right? And the Spirit 
you know, submits to the son, really, because he says in John 14, he says that he will make, he, Jesus says the spirit will come to, uh, make much of me, basically. I'm paraphrasing. And the father and the son send the Holy spirit. So they command the spirit to come to the earth. Yeah. Fascinating. So we see a submission even in the Godhead. Yeah. And it's not saying God's, you know, God's really the real God and Jesus is a lesser God. No. Just as woman, male and female are both equal in the Imago Dei, equal in dignity, value, and worth, yet they have different functions. They have different roles. Yeah. Right? So, therefore, if Jesus submits to the Father and the Father is the head of Christ and they're equal in the Godhead, then submission and headship is therefore not demeaning in any way. Mm-hmm. Right. It's clearly not saying that man is more important than the wife or the man is better. He can't be because Jesus and the Father are one. Mm-hmm. In essence, they are one. In personhood, they are two. In roles, they are distinct. Right? So, it's important as we're reading Genesis 1 and we hear this term, helper, we don't take some modern day notion of, you know, servanthood or something along. This idea that I, I mean, this is, here's, here's the reality. To feel like a helper is less than a leader is actually a sin. And it's actually something you get from the culture. Because in our minds, we think the CEO, he's, he's worth, I mean, he's more valuable than the lady cleaning the offices at night. And Christianity says, well, what do you mean by that? They're equal in dignity, value, and worth. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And she might, if you really want to get down to it, she might be eternally worth way more than him. Hmm. Because he might be going to hell and becoming less than a man, yeah. right? And she's going to be coming, going to heaven and becoming much more than just what she is right now. Mm-hmm. You know, a being of in, infinite worth and value that yeah. you'd be tempted to worship if you saw her yeah. on the street and her new, new, new created body. Mm. See, that's a paraphrase of C.S. Lewis. So, all of that to say, God is not afraid or ashamed or demeaned to say he's our helper and he's, uh, and Christ is not afraid to say, God is my head. Mm-hmm. He's not demeaned by that reality. He often said it. I come to do nothing yeah. but what the Father said to do. Yeah. Right? And the Holy Spirit, <laughs> Holy Spirit, I'm just here to help, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is my name. I'm, I'm fulfilling the mission that God gave me. I, I'm here to help. I'm here to lead you into truth. I'm here to point to Jesus. Yeah. I'm here to glorify God. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is, this is just beautiful in my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's just beautiful. Like, it mirrors the Trinity, mm-hmm. right? The Father leads, the Son sacrifices, the Spirit uh, helps, right? And in our relationships, the husband is meant to lead, he's meant to sacrifice, he's meant to be the head, and she's meant to help and to submit and, uh, you know, to, to bring glory to God in, in her pers- perspective roles, yep. so, or respect- yeah. perspective roles. That's good. That's good. So now, now do we want to get practical or more practical? Is that yeah. is that the point? Or what yeah. do you guys, are you guys got questions or thoughts on that? Or? Well, I was just thinking about in terms of yeah, being 
being a bit, a bit practical, I think it is helpful for husbands to be able to kind of at least do some work in their own in their own heart and soul and kind of recognize those places that we do need our wives and to be able to express that to her. Um, I think at the other side of it, and I've seen with my wife, is that I'm not always so self-aware. <laughs> um, my wife sees things that I don't see. And uh, she, you know, and, and what she's tried to do is she's tried to be kind of a, a, a student of me. And as being a student of me, then she sees things that I don't see. And she starts stepping into those areas uh, where I'm just completely missing it. And she graciously also probably shows me when I am doing that, but also showing, but stepping into those places. So I think... I think from the husband's side point of view, he needs to be trying to be as self-aware as he possibly can and ask his wife, could you help me in these ways? And at the same time, I think her taking on the role of a, of a really a student of her husband to figure out where he's missing it, that he can, she can step in as well. I mean, it's huge when all of a sudden I find out my wife has done something with me and I'm th- like, wow, thank you. I yeah. totally missed this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally missed it. Mm-hmm. I think our delivery is key on that too, like you said, because I mean, when you're missing something, I mean, sometimes it's like when you, definitely if they're coming in, coming in hot mm-hmm. it, can, it can only get you frustrated right mm-hmm. um and the way that she comes to you lovingly and caring is, is is key because i mean definitely the unknown expectations right from a man to a, a female it, it could be very frustrating if it's not communicated well right right yeah yeah that's good sure yep i think again i'm going to lean into the men here the men need to set the tone and set the mission. Yeah. And they and that means they need to be researching, they need to be reading, mm-hmm. they need to be men of the word, submitted to Christ. But there's going to be some things that your wife picks up on first. Yeah. And um, maybe she's reading and listening to new podcasts and hears something. And, and for a man who's like not consistently reading the Bible or not listening to biblical podcasts or reading biblical books and he's more he's more focused on the final four or his football team or his golf game and his wife, for whatever reason, I don't know why this is the case, but historically women have tended to be more religious. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Christian church has historically been made up of a larger percentage of women than men. And in, in my, um, in my experience, Oftentimes, women are more readers. They're reading more. They're more studious. They're more, they're, they're more focused on their devotionals and things like that. And so they often seem to outpace their husbands in spiritual growth. Sure. And that's the man's fault. Like I'll, it's all the responsibility of the man. He needs to be outpacing his, his wife, right? And he needs to be learning these things and bringing them to his wife and teaching his wife and saying, hey, have you listened to this podcast? Have you read this book? Let's think, let's think about this, talk about this. And most women that I meet, Christian women, they want a man to do that, right? But she's going to pick up on things. She's going to know things. And so it's important that you have conversations where she can fill you in on things, right? Yeah. Hey, I'm wanting to do this. Hey, I'm wanting to do that. I'm thinking the kids need this. I'm thinking the kids need that. And he listens to her and it's important that he... Uh, does the work and yeah. he doesn't just oh, yeah yeah whatever whatever go ahead yeah that's being negligent right mm-hmm. that's not delegating that's just kind of you do your thing you do your thing and I do my thing and yeah, then that's sure. that's how um, you know couples can really mm-hmm. really grow apart 
and a man's not actually exercising his headship. Yeah. A man should know what his kids are being taught, yeah. if they're, even if they're homeschooled. Yeah. Right? A man should be involved in it. It's not just something he's, he doesn't abdicate his responsibility because his wife is super responsible or super competent. Yeah. It's still his um, responsibility. He's called to, to oversee it and to, to know. It. He's, he's going to be responsible to God. Just yeah. like Adam mm-hmm. was responsible, even though Eve ate the apple first, Adam was the one responsible. Yeah, we're going to be responsible for what our kids, how our kids get educated. We're going to be responsible for how the kids are getting uh, disciplined. We're yeah. going to be responsible for what the stuff, what stuff our wives get into. Mm-hmm. And we need to be wise in exercising our oversight. Yeah. Right. And I think ask questions. I mean, for surely, like get with other men and ask some of the questions because I know that's that's hard um, for men. Definitely when you're in a corporate world or whatnot and you're killing it in your job to ask another guy like how to lead your home is it's very humbling and hard to do. But that's something that you need to do. I mean, Mm -hmm. not just with your kids, but also like, hey, man, how are you loving your wife? What does it look like for this date night? Can you give me some details? And I think for guys, that's the hardest thing for them to be able to do. But we have to. I was meeting with a wife yesterday and. I just challenged, I just challenged her or encouraged her to go to her husband and say, how, what help do you need from me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Women often. Okay. Here, remember men are called to lead. Yeah. Right. And love their wives. Mm-hmm. Women are called to respect and submit yeah. to their husband. They're called the helper. So what happens is typically women come to men. I love you. I love you. I love you. They're giving what they want to get mm-hmm. instead of giving what he needs. Mm-hmm. He needs respect. He needs honor. He wants you to come to him and go, honey, you are killing it at work. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that you are providing for us. Mm-hmm. How can I help you lead our family in a greater way? How can I, what do you need from me? And I encourage her to go and ask her husband, how can I help you? Hunt, babe, it would be really, and many of the times, the answer is the exact opposite the woman's expecting. For sure. I don't, can't tell you how many times a man has said, honey, I want you to quit your job. Hmm. She's thinking, he wants, he wants me to help by providing more money so mm-hmm. we can go on better vacations, we can have a bigger house, yeah. we can do, and he's like, no, no, no. Hmm. Actually, you having a job stresses me out. Hmm. I want to make the money. I want you to stay at home so that you can take care of the cooking and the cleaning and the rearing of our children. So when I come home, we're not scrambling and both trying to make dinner together and we don't eat till seven o'clock at night and then it's, we're stressed out. I would rather you just stay home, babe. That's what I'd rather mm-hmm. have happen, right? And many women just never go to their husband and say, how can I help you, mm-hmm. right? How can I help you? Now, men need to go to their wives and say, how can I love you, Yeah. right? And it might be the date night. It might yeah. be quality time. It might mm-hmm. be going for a walk. Yeah. Right. And, and men want to, what do we always do when she's talking to us? We want to fix it. Yeah. Right. We want to give solutions. We want to give, and that's, and she's like, just listen. I don't want that. <laughs> right, right. She wants quality. She wants to be loved. Mm-hmm. She wants to be loved and heard and cherished. Yeah. Right. And she really doesn't care if the problem gets solved. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah for sure. She's like, that's not the point. <laughs> right, right. Who cares about the problem? Yeah, yeah. And that's the wildest thing is it's always the un, like the unknown expectations, why the arguments always happen, why the why the bills don't get paid, why the date nights don't happen, all those all those frustrations. And it's good just to be able to communicate, be but open so and honest. Many times they are in line with our nature. Yeah, they're in line with a man wants to lead and wants to love. Or, or he's called to lead into love, right? And he's, why does God say it? Because men don't lead 
and men don't love, yeah. right? And women are called to respect and to submit. Why? Because they don't want to respect and they don't want to honor many times. I'm not saying mm. universally, but, but many mm-hmm. times, right? Sure. So we're prone to, our nature was created for a certain thing and then we're prone to sin in those in, right. in similar directions. So, so yeah, I, I think for a wife to come to her husband and say, what do you, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Right? How can I help you? How can I be? And that this can be seasonal. Obviously, as seasons change mm-hmm. and you got different age kids or no kids and then kids and then little kids and then bigger kids and then bunch of kids and then busy seasons at work and sicknesses in the home and financial challenges, all of this kind of, all this stuff can change, right? And there are some seasons where in this season, babe, I need you to work. I need yeah. you to get a job. I need you to help provide or, mm-hmm. or something al- along those lines. Like that, yeah, sure. that could be true. Um, so I think that'd just be a really helpful thing for wives to do. And then for husbands to do as well. How can I love you? How can yeah. I love you in a, in a greater way? Yeah. And that might mean paying for her to get a gym membership. Right, like she's like, I really need to work out. I want to connect with other people. That might be making special time so she can go to Fight Club and she has some alone time. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things that that you can do. But men, we we need to not assume we know what she wants. We need to ask. Right. Yeah. How can I? How can I love you? Mm-hmm. Right. So have the conversation. <laughs> Several, many, more than likely. All right. Any other thoughts? That's no, good. that's pretty good. All right. Well, hopefully we answered that question. This God has given us a a big calling. Men to lead into love and women to honor and to submit. And it's challenging, but listen to this. And it's impossible in the flesh. Mm-hmm. We can't do this in the flesh because we're selfish. Right. But we need to remember this over and over and over. Grace restores, renews, redeems mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. So as we are being, as we give our life to Christ and the Holy Spirit comes in, he's our helper too, mm-hmm. right? And what's he helping us do? Helping us go back to our origins. That's good. Helping us to go back. So for men, the Spirit of God will make you a better lover of your wife and a better leader Preach. of your family. That's good. For women, the Spirit of God will help you be more honorable to your, more honorable wife to your, and respect your husband and will help you be a more submissive wife. And, and Paul specific, submit in all things. And let me just talk about this. Well, what does that mean? That means at bare minimum, if there is a tie, the man makes the decision. Mm-hmm. That is a t- difficult con- concept to say. But if there's a tie, if they are at loggerheads, yes, they should probably go to the pastor. Yes, maybe they should bring it up in their missional community. But... The husband is meant to convince the wife biblically that this is the right way to go. But then he's to say, and, and hopefully she will submit and she'll get on board and she'll be the helper. But if she can't convince him otherwise, if she, then she her job is to submit. Yeah. And he makes a decision. And I think for the man too that like to communicate lovingly and then also for the wife to be able to um accept that and then don't hold a grudge. Right? Because that's that's one of the toughest issues right yeah. there. Not only don't hold hold a grudge, but it, it, see, this is, this is what happens with... I mean, I'm just going to say it. Sorry, ladies. This is what happens with women. He'll make the decision, and she'll... Okay, fine. And then she'll go to her fight club, or she'll go to her friends, or she'll go to her mom, mm-hmm. or, or she'll go to her hairstylist, mm-hmm. 
and she will complain about it. Mm. That is not honoring your husband. Yeah. That is disrespecting your husband. Gossip. So you're sinning. Yeah. You're, you're not submitting and you're sinning, right? So that's not going to go well for you, mm-hmm. right? He's trying to lead. He's trying to make a decision. And even if it's wrong, he's still trying to lead and trying to make a decision. And he's going to be responsible to God for that decision. If it's wrong, it's on him, yeah. right? So, yeah, we have to we have to submit and then submit ourselves to Christ and do it lovingly and joyfully yeah. and not in a backbiting, mm. contentious type of way. Um, and there's a reason why several times in the Old Testament, specifically in Proverbs, Solomon says that it is better. He says a nagging or contentious wife is like a constant dripping of rain mm. that he, that it is, it is, this is a sin that women are more prone to that. They have to put the death in them. Yeah. Right. What do you, can you, t- can you think of the exact proverb? Oh, I literally just read it this morning. Yeah. I just read it this morning I can't and I was just talking about. to someone about it because it's like, it's like six different, six different times uh, or, or six or more different times in the, in the proverbs it comes up mm. that it's better to be better to live alone in the, like in the corner of a, of a roof. Better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. What yeah. proverb is that? That's 21, nine, 21, nine. Yeah. That's quarrelsome, but uh, also nagging contentious, these different things. And again, we have to, we have to put it, we have to put this to death. Right. So, Let's put it to get to death. And I, why, why are we talking about this? Because one of the most missional things we can do have has, is have biblical marriages. Mm. Amen. We raise God-honoring kids in, the, in, the, in a home that's uh, biblical and with a Christian worldview. And this is where true, true flourishing happens. This is the marriage that sings. Yeah. Right? This is what your neighbors are looking for mm-hmm. and what the guys at the gym and the gal, this is what they're looking for. Yeah. Can, is there really such thing as this type of marriage? Yes, there is. Yeah. When two people are mutually submitted to Christ yeah. in all things and putting their sin to death. So, all right, hopefully this was a blessing to you. Um, if you've got any questions, please email me, justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We are praying for you. We love you and God bless.